is it? Nothing. Don't do this. Don't shut me out. Let me help you. Hold me. Like you did by the lake on Naboo. So long ago when there was nothing but our love. No politics, no plotting, no war. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 376, By the Lake on Naboo. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the wicket to my Chewbacca, because we're soft, furry, and a little bit huggable, uh, we've got Carl LeClaire. <laughs> I love being an Ewok. Can't help but be <laughs> ecstatic about that. Excellent. Ah. Um, oh. It's good to be here in the lair where things are nice and comfortable and 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 safe and happy. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> to the Republic. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we are so excited for this week's episode because uh, once again we get to do a, a top five, which I think if you know us, we sure love doing top five episodes. Um, and what we wanted to look at today, because obviously right now things are a little bit, uh, a little bit wild in the world with the whole, you know, COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic kind of hitting, hitting us globally here. And so many of us, uh, you know, have to stay at home and we're self-quarantining, um, you know, and obviously there are so many uh, brave men and women who are still having to be out there, you know, serving the public, you know, in hospitals, nurses, doctors, police officers, firefighters, you name it who are still out there keeping things um, safe for us. But for those of first, us who are kind of the first responders, yeah. yeah. For those of us, though, who, you know, we're kind of st- stuck inside, you know, it's it's tough. Like, it's really hard. Like, I, I feel like a, a lot of folks are just, you know, struggling. You know, it's, it's, it's a time for, you know, a little bit of fear and, and people are a little scared and sad. And, you know, that's why we wanted to, Look at our top five comforting moments in Star Wars. You know, some of these uh, particular moments in the saga that really make us feel comforted, um, whether it's just personally or even within the story itself. Um, so that's what we're going to be kind of looking at in this week's episode is, is some of these really great scenes in Star Wars that, that help help us feel just a little bit comforted, um, which I think is something we all need right now and with what's going on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we... We are very fortunate to, you know, either, you know, be able to work from home or have a good support system uh, and things like that, uh, even even in the midst of all the craziness. And we just wanted to be able to share some calm, some fun, and just some good old-fashioned Star Wars talk with you guys to kind of help get your mind off of things for a little bit and maybe just say, hey, we'll be okay at the end of the day. Uh, after all this is over, we'll, we'll be okay. Right. So, and... Right. 
you know, yeah. with, not to say it's easy, but we'll get through it. Yeah, of course we will. So, um, well, and, and, you know, speaking of fun this year's, this is madness. It's today's April the 1st as we're recording. No, it's not. It's March 31st. I keep forgetting what day it is. Cause I'm working from home and all the days are the same. <laughs> yes. That is <laughs> um, very true. But uh, uh, I've been using my calendar a lot more since everything shut down. And it was like, what day is today? Oh, yes. <laughs> so. um, but yes, we, we've come to the conclusion of the 2019 version, 2020 version, excuse me, of our This Is Madness tournament. And then, of course, we asked all of you to vote in on this and, and as this week's matchup as well. The final matchup, which pitted Anakin Skywalker versus the Emperor Sheev Darth Sidious Palpatine, the man mm. of many names. Um, and how did the Larians respond to our this year's final for This Is Madness? Well, uh, the, the Larians uh, made their voices heard and, and we definitely uh, got quite a good uh, representation of what they wanted to say. And uh, it was not close um <laughs> anakin for, for the larians anakin came out with 71 votes and uh the emperor palpatine 20 uh and then i i think we split our vote here carl um mm-hmm. i i voted for the emperor because yes. i'm i'm on a palpatine kick uh and you voted for anakin of course he's better I like him more. I, <laughs> I prefer the character. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to throw you down a shaft. Um, and then I'll come back in a yeah, apparently. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, but yes. So the, the final tally was uh, 72 for Anakin and 21 for the Emperor. So not close, but it was still a lot of fun to go through all this. Um, we're We're trying to figure out a better way to do... Uh, this for next year or our next um, tournament that we've got in the works Um, because we really uh, felt bad having, you know, a a big portion of you not being able to participate uh, because not everybody's on Twitter. So uh, we're, we're working on some stuff because we, we've got, we got a fun plan uh, as we mentioned, I think it was last week, maybe the week before Mm. of another tournament that we've got in the works uh to start on uh may the 4th so i'm so excited for it yeah i'm i'm looking forward to this one too Uh, i cannot wait to see what people say but yeah we're we're working on some other options um and hopefully we'll be able to get that all squared away um by may the 4th so that everyone will be able to participate in a clean and effective way um, and we get everybody joining in on the fun exactly um, so before we uh, hop into our, our top five comforting moments, um, I just wanted to share a message with everybody regarding Katie, because um, obviously we've had several of you writing into us either on Facebook or emails or even you know DMing us in uh, Twitter asking when Katie might be back. Um, so uh, Jason and I have talked to Katie sporadically in the months since she's kind of t- been taking a break, and uh, you know I, I talked to her for a while this weekend. And Katie's made the decision that she's she's not going to come back. Um, it's obviously nothing against Jason or I or anything like that. We all love one another very much. Um, Katie's just not excited about Star Wars anymore um, is, is essentially what she shared with me. Um, and she just doesn't want to 
be part of something every week where she would have to fake some level of excitement. And I totally respect that. Um, and I think she knows that we try very hard to always stay positive um, on the show. And I, I think that she's just not feeling positive about star Wars. Um, so Katie's made the decision to just kind of part ways from the show. And uh, you know, we told her that her seats always open. Um, we're hoping that she'll come back as, you know, as an occasional guest host every now and then when she feels up to it. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of go back to old form of, of Jason and I, and, you know, like I said, we love Katie. We love her insight. I'm going to miss that immensely um, on a week to week basis. Um, and I know so many of you will as well. Um, so, you know, if you if you are a person who's on Twitter, because obviously Katie does use Twitter, although she's not as active as she used to be. Um, but I would really, you know, suggest, you know, if just maybe shooting her a message on Twitter or even just adding her on Twitter and just letting her know how much you appreciated um you know, her voice on the show, letting her know how much you still love her insights. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, cause it, 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 I just, I just want her to know that she's still loved and supported. And, and I know so many of you do. So you yeah, know, that's up to you if you, yeah. if you feel inclined to do so. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, we just wanted to get that out to you as soon as we could. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully those of you who, who listen just for Katie, because I wouldn't be surprised if there are some of you because she is pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully you'll stick around and still enjoy the show. Um, like I said, we're obviously going to miss her a lot. But um, yeah, just wanted to give you all that update. Yeah, uh, we are hoping that uh, we're all hoping that she'll be able to come back on and talk about uh, Maul again when the Clone Wars wraps up with the Siege of Mandalore stuff. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed that. Uh, everything will work out and she'll be back to at least talk about that. So, um, but we, we're going to miss Katie on a regular basis. And like, like Carl said, we've, we still talk with her. So, you know, we're all still friends and we'll, we'll miss seeing her and talking with her on a regular basis. Um, but, uh, if, if it's just not, you know, she, she's moved on to a different period in her life and, and this is just not something that, uh, fits in with her frame of mind right now. And, that's totally fine, and we will we'll always keep a seat ready for her when she wants to come back and talk about some stuff, but we're not going to make her uh, come in and talk about something that she's just not uh, feeling at the moment. So, you know, it's – the thing about this podcast is that, you know, each of us has the ability to step aside if we need to. Um, and, and Carl has done that before for short periods, and, you know, we're, we're not going to, you know – fault katie for this at all so you know if anybody's upset or anything like that don't don't go after katie she's she we love her very much and if you do that uh we will be mad at you so (laughs) i don't think that's gonna happen um but yeah so you you know you're all wonderful so i don't expect that to happen but we'll be watching Yeah, and and just a reminder, right? Her her Twitter handle is uh, at pohotdamron. So again, if if you are a person on Twitter and uh, you want to send a message to Katie, um, you can find her easily enough on on Twitter at pohotdamron. So maybe just shoot her a message and let her know that she's going to be missed in the Wampus Lair, and that you know you love her insight and hope that she hope that she continues to do well. So indeed. Um, so that being said, Jason, I think it's time to talk some comfortable Star Wars. What do you yes. Think? Um, I agree. I, I agree. I'm totally excited about this. And, you know, you, you had the great idea to do this in light of everything. And I was like, that's perfect. That's a perfect idea. And it's not something I'd ever really thought about 
in terms of Star Wars before. So it was something I, I had to like sit back and go, okay, comfortable, comfortable. How do I define this? How do I do this with Star Wars? What do I think about that's comfortable with Star Wars? Because Star Wars is fun and exciting for me. Those are the two primary emotions that I feel with Star Wars is fun and excitement. Um, so comfortable is a different emotion that I <laughs> I had to go back and go, okay, how am I feeling about this? And there's there are different things that I, I've picked on my list that are comfortable for different reasons. Um, and I'll go into those as I, as I list them. But yeah, there it's a, it's definitely a topic that's open for interpretation. Absolutely. So, well, I mean, it's Star Wars, it's, it's art, so it's all subjective, right? So yep, the that's, things, that's also true. the things in Star Wars that make us feel comfortable may not make others feel uncomfortable and things that make others comfortable may just not do that for us. So that's the beauty of art. Um, that being said, um, because it's a top five, uh, we got some honorable mentions. <laughs> as, yes, we do. We're, we we're are, back to those. We're known to um, we've got a couple of honorable mentions, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, and Jason, I'm going to let you kick it off. Okay. Um, my first honorable mention um, actually comes from, you know, the the closing minutes of The Force Awakens. Mm. Um, R2 has reawoken and has displayed the map uh, for Leia and the Resistance. And there is a quick little moment between C-3PO and R2 where 3PO puts his hand on R2's dome and says, Oh, my dear friend, how I've missed you. Mm-hmm. And that moment is just comforting to me because, uh, you know, even after all this time and R2 being sort of shut down and out of commission for a little while, they're still very dear friends. They care very much about each other and they always will be. You know, that's sort of a a, a reassurance that the two of them are always going to be there for each other, you know, uh, even as the the galaxy changes around them. So. Uh, I, I just love that moment. It's just a, such a sweet moment and a comforting moment. And as someone who cares about those two droids, like I do, um, that definitely is something that I was like, I got to make sure that's on my list somewhere. Yeah. I love that you got that in there. Um, that's certainly not on mine and I wouldn't even have thought of it. And I love that you did. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That is a great little moment. How, how I've missed you. It's great. Um, oh, dear friend, how I've missed you. Yeah, that's and a great it, uh, yes, the the sentimentality of droids that aren't supposed to be human, um, <laughs> yeah. always slightly ironic and amusing to me. Anyways, yeah. what's your first honorable mention, Carl? Uh, my first honorable mention comes from Return of the Jedi, and it's the moment when Han embraces Leia in Bright Tree Village after she's just had her conversation with Luke, and Han asks what's going on. And she just needs to be alone for a little while, and. Initially, Han goes off, you know, all huffy puffy. Yeah, you know, like whatever, then forget you. And then immediately stops, right? Like this is I love this because it shows that Han is Han's a new character, right? At this point, he's he gets it. You know, I'm sorry. But what I love is that what Leia really needs in that moment isn't to talk about everything that just happened because she just learned a lot of heavy stuff. Um, Yeah. Most notably that her father is also the same bane of her existence, (laughs) right? So she's just feeling super overwhelmed in this moment and she just needs to be held by someone who loves her. And that's like, to me, I just find tremendous comfort in that moment that, you know, sometimes again, I feel like 
this is perfect for right now. Things are when things seem a little bit overwhelming. Sometimes all we need is to just get a get a hug from a close friend. Which, granted, right now six feet apart, we can't do that unless it's like your spouse or partner, um, or you're living with the person. But right, like when things yeah. are just feeling a little bit overwhelming, Leia's overwhelmed here. She just needs someone to hold her. That's it, right? That's all she says. Hold me. And that's what he does. That's all she needs in that moment. And I, I find tremendous comfort in that and the reality that sometimes that's all we need to. So that's my yep. first honorable mention. Oh, that's so good. I really like that. I'm glad, glad it's on your list because it's not on mine. So um, I, this is not unusual yeah. uh, for the two of us right. <laughs> to have very different things in our list. But it means we get to talk about more stuff. And exactly. that's, so, that's so good. And it, that really is uh, a great sentiment, you know, with just just, just hold me, uh, yeah. you know, and – yeah, that that's important. That's important. You don't have to, you know, fix things all the time. Just be there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what's your next one? My next honorable mention is also from Return of the Jedi, um, but the very end. And it's okay. the Ewok celebration. <laughs> you know, just everybody coming together uh, around the campfire and singing and dancing and having a good time. And it's just – it's such a comfort and a relief um, after everything that they've all gone through. And it's it's just a for something as incredibly huge and galactic uh, and, you know, as impactful as as what was just accomplished. You bring it down to a nice little campfire in the trees, you know, with a core group of people. Uh, and that's how you close it. You know, that what you just did impacted the entire galaxy. But we end up focusing in on a core group of people celebrating around a campfire in the trees, you know, and and that there's something really comforting about that, uh, you know, having all of the the your close friends and your your chosen family around you um, in that moment to say we did it together, you know, and and that's that's why that's on my list. So, yeah, I love it. That was something I was certainly thinking about when I put this list together, but it's not on there. Um, so I'm glad that you put it on there. Who doesn't love an Ewok festival? Hello? I, I, so right? quick side note, I've been watching through the old Ewoks cartoons um, as I've been working from home. And honestly, they're great. I really, really dig them. I mean, they're obviously for children, so they are very childish, but – they also have really great messages in so many of these episodes and there's all these great little epic adventures and um, I'm falling more and more in love with the Ewoks and it's so perfect because I remember right just a couple weeks ago we were kind of pitching our story ideas and I had this one about Logre. Yeah. There's yeah. literally an episode of the cartoon where that's basically – we learned that story about Logre and I was like, what? I didn't even know this was thing. This is so great. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, oh, it was nice. awesome. That's awesome. Um what but, about what's your last honorable mention, sir? Um, it comes from Empire Strikes Back, and I call it Reunion in the Clouds. Um, and it's when Han and Lando are just kind of walking around Cloud City. We've got the great you know music going on, and uh, I've always loved that moment because it, it really gives us this sense that there is some sort of rich history between these two characters, and that they really care about one another. I love it as they're walking and they stop for a second, and Lando says, "You know." Uh, seeing you sure brings back a lot of things. And Han just goes, yeah. But he like puts his hand on his shoulder, right? Like there's just something comforting in that look of like, oh, these are two buddies that are just so glad to see each other again. Um, and again, it, it, I, it immediately makes me think of um, like my, my, my closest friend from back in my hometown. Like he and I 
don't really see each other, but maybe once or twice a year. But every time we see each other, it's like nothing, you know, it's like nothing ever missed, missed out. Even though we have gone through a lot in the time between the, our visits, we just always click immediately, right? It's like that ex, that comfortable oh, yeah. feeling of like these, you know, you just get each other in a way that others don't. So you don't have to do all the setup talk. It's just, hey, we're back. This is great. And I love that that's what's happening in that scene with Han and Lando. Um, so, and you know, and I think even probably folks that saw the movie for the first time were immediately asking the questions of like, what, well, what is their stories? What kind of adventures did they get up to? And, you know, Solo only gave us a tiny little peek into that. I'm hoping we might get some more Han and Lando adventures. Like I'd, I'd love to see some more of that stuff. So, yeah, but that's my, that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah. So oh, that's a, that's a good one. I like that. And and yeah, you're right. You know, whenever I go see my, my friends from, you know, back in Texas and it's always just like, Hey, how's it going? And then we're just, uh, to be honest, we all revert back to high school almost instantly. Um, but you know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I know that I, that's a, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Well, let's get into the top five then. Number five. Um, my number five comes from uh, near the end of A New Hope, hmm. and it's it's a quote um, from Obi Wan uh, when the Death Star has been blown up, mm-hmm. and they're all flying back to Yavin, and Obi Wan just says, "Remember, the Force will be with you always," and it's just something that it's. You know, yeah, it, it, he says that on the on the heels of, of a big climactic moment where we, we got to see that at work. But it's just like, hey, it's always going to be there. Don't forget that. Yeah. You know, and, and something like that when you when you have the, the reassurance and the comfort from uh, someone that you highly respect telling you that, hey, this is going to be OK. This is going to be here. You know, your 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 special spiritual uh, leaders, if you if you are you know saying that you know, God or or whatever is is always going to be there, uh, you know that sort of thing is is always very comforting for those of us who 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 really believe in that stuff. So it's uh, that kind of thing is is something that kind of came up a couple times in my list, and this is mm. just one of them. So yeah. I, I uh, having that comfort. Uh, is not only comforting for me, you know, in relating it to my own life outside of Star Wars, but it's also comforting inside the story because it's like, yeah. hey, this isn't just a one-time thing. This isn't, you know, just a fluke that you know Luke Luke blew up the Death Star like this. That this is something that's going to keep going uh, if he keeps working at it. So, you know, it's it's a you know dual edge that way, like, as so many things are in Star Wars. So. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my number five. And I really like that moment. Oh, I it's love it. One. I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's not on, it's not on my list. At, um, at any capacity, weirdly enough, cause I, I, I love that you have that there. Cause that is, it, there is something super comforting about it. I mean, the fact that they chose to work that line back into episode nine too, right? Like that in that moment when Ray's finally able to connect to the Jedi of the past, the last thing she finally gets to hear is Luke reminding her as well. Those same mm-hmm. words of comfort that the force will always be with you. Um, yeah, I love that. Right. It is, it is super comforting because, uh, it's this nice reminder that this power that is awoken inside of you, this, this presence that has enveloped you, it's always there. You can always, you know, you can always access that. Um, yeah, I I love it. You know, it, it, it makes me think one of my favorite quotes in scripture is the, 
very end of the gospel of Matthew when Jesus says, I will be with you always, right? There is that, that reminder that you're never going to be alone in the journey ahead. Um, and that's what Obi-Wan is exactly reminding Luke of in that moment is, Hey kid, your journey's just starting. And this thing, the force, it's going to be there the whole time. So yeah, I love it. That's good. Love it. So, Oh, what you, sir, what is your number five? My number five, I'm calling dinner at Schmee's. Um, I love this scene. Yes. So from Phantom Menace, uh, and it just, it's so good. Like we really, I feel like we're at home. We're at like this, like little family who's having dinner. Um, and this, as everyone that that table cares about someone else at the table, right? Um, even though Qui-Gon and Padme and Jar Jar are like these new people, um, they're incredibly welcomed, right? Shmi's hospitality uh, takes them in fully without question and prepares dinner for them, right? Um, it's just this really tender moment um, where you get that sense that these people are there, that they care about each other and they care about helping one another, right? Um, Qui-Gon's there because he's trying to help Padme. Padme's there because she's trying to help her planet. Anakin's there trying to help these strangers in a predicament. And Shmi's there trying to help to make sure her son is kept safe, right? Like everyone in that moment is thinking about helping someone else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and while those are all very wonderful intentions, right? Like that that desire to help others is, is a beautiful intention it's also a draining one a lot of times right like giving yourself away that's it can be a bit draining so in a lot of ways especially within the story itself right we've kind of been on the run the entire time since Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan landed on that Federation battleship they've been on the run everything has been very quick and chaotic this is finally a moment for them to rest and the fact that they get to rest in Shmi's home and with the type of character that Shmi is this just kind of tender compassionate um, empathetic uh, love that she opens her heart and doors to like, that's what embraces them. And I think everybody just in that moment can finally rest a bit. So that's why I find it super comforting. Um, it just, just feels like we're at home and I love that. It does. It does. And there is something coming about coming home and having a nice, you know, home cooked meal with family and stuff like that, you know, for, especially for those of us who are close with our family. Um, and I know not everybody is like that, so this yeah. may not, you know, work for everybody. But I love this scene too. It it, it almost made my list. Um, I it, it just kind of fell off as I was working on my list. So I'm glad you brought it back up because I I do love this scene. It is it is it is the most homey that we ever get really in Star Wars, in my opinion. Except maybe you know the blue milk scene uh, with Owen Baru and and Luke on. Uh, Tatooine when he's talking about the droids, but sure. you know, uh, but you know, it, it, it's just kind of nice to have everybody you know gathered around a table eating a meal together and just discussing stuff. You know, it's yeah. it's 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 it is one of the most normal things that you could do in a you know in a Star Wars movie. Um, so and that and that in and of itself is a comforting thought. Yeah, that that and even people in Star Wars get to have a meal together. You yeah. know, <laughs> no, that and I I like that the way you just put that, Jason. The fact that it is there's something normal about it because you know that's that was something that they always did. Right, that was a very big intentionality of George when he made A New Hope, which was to make it feel like your everyday life. And the movie opens very different, right? It's this galactic space war. 
Um, but we finally feel grounded when we're with Luke complaining about chores and complaining in the garage. Um, you know, and same with Phantom Menace up to this point, everything has been like this big galactic stakes. And finally, we're just doing something that we can all relate to. And I think that there's there's a lot of comfort in that, that even in the midst of of the wildest times in our life, it's important that we find those places of comfort. And where do you find that? Good old Shmi, the mother yeah. of Skywalkers. Indeed, indeed. I, I'm, I've got something else with Shmi later, but oh, good. Uh, she she uh, she made my list, just not in this scene. So, well, let's go to your number four then. My number four. Um, this may or may not be on your list. I don't know. Um, probably is, but probably higher than I've got it. Uh, and that's going to be Yoda lifting the X-wing from the swamp. It's not on my list. Uh, oh, it's not. Oh, interesting. I'm very surprised. Um, but. And the reason why it's comforting is because Luke has just been struggling so much. Um, and it, it's it's sort of related to my previous one with Obi-Wan saying the Force will be with you always. But this is this is actually being able to see that mm. uh, because everything in Empire up to this point has just been bad. You know, it, Luke's got attacked by a monster. The rebels have been completely routed on Hoth. Everyone's split. Uh, Vader is hunting Han and Leia, and it's not looking good. You know, Luke has made his way to Dagobah all by himself, and is just completely out of his depth. And is it doesn't feel like he anything's working. Um, and Yoda comes in and says, "No, no, this is a real thing, and this is how it works." And he gives his little dissertation that you always like to talk about, and then he lifts the X-wing out of the swamp. And it really kind of gives us that first big glimpse of hope that this is that we could make it, you know, in the movie. And it, it's uh, this is almost more movie specific uh, than the previous one, but it's still just a big comfort, uh, more story specific than the previous one I talked about. But it's just such a big comfort to know, hey, hey, it's it's still working. You know, the light side is still at work yeah. uh, and and it's still as strong as ever. So, um, I, yeah. I, I love that moment and it's, it's, it's definitely a comfort in that regard. So, yeah, no, I love that. You know, I, I just don't see it in that way. It, it's not, it, this is a magical, wonderful, wonder filling scene for me. So I just didn't think of it as a, as something that creates a sense of comfort. So I love that it does for you and that all yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. Yoda will appear on my list later as well. Um, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> oh, yes, completely. <laughs> Uh, what is your number four, sir? Uh, my number four. So when you were introducing your number four and you said it might be on my list, I thought you might say this. So this might still be on your list, um, but it's 3PO's bedtime story um, oh, in Return oh. of the Jedi. Uh, it's, not, it's not, but I'm so glad it's on yours. Yeah, oh, it's yes. so good. I mean, again, I've, I've been thinking a lot about Ewoks lately as I've been watching that cartoon. Um, so maybe that's how <laughs> it kind of made it into. Um, we are the E. E, 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 walks. That's how the intro of the song goes. I just love it so much. I got to figure out how to cover that on guitar. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Um, oh my God. Next cover by Carly Clare. <laughs> the e walks theme song. We'll make it like a nickel. We are the e, yeah, e walks. Yeah. <laughs> no, no that, oh, I wouldn't no. do that to the e walks theme. It deserves better. Um, <laughs> But uh, yes, anyway, 3PO's bedtime story. It's just this beautiful moment of, um, you know, where he's really providing a sense of comfort for all of our heroes and these these this new 
village um, as well. So, I mean, literally, the the you watch that scene and you see everyone is kind of tucked in, right? They're listening to this story of heroes and adventure. Um, you know, there's something very comforting about that. Uh, Wicket literally pets Han's leg. <laughs> like, that's so cute. Um, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And purrs. <laughs> um, it's great. Yes. It's so great. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, similar to kind of the previous point I made with, you know, Shmi and having dinner. Um, again, this is a, a moment of respite um, in the midst of our adventure. And. Um, I think what's really comforting about it is that you have strangers in a new place being welcomed in and being given all the comforts of home, right? Like that's just very comforting to me. Um, And I think what's also really great is in the scene, it's a nice reminder that our stories are worth telling and that they can impact others, right? As 3PO tells this story of adventure and um, danger and, and heroes, you know, the, the tribe is, you know, for three BO telling Luke in a new hope that he's not very good at telling stories. That boy lied. Um, he's great at telling stories. He even does his own sound effects. Um, carbonite. And Wicked just happens to know who that is and pets his leg. Um, I know. It's so beautiful. It's so great. Um, but right, like I, I think that this this is such a wonderful moment um, that you know, it's it's a good thing that we tell our story. It's a good thing that we tell others the adventures we've been on because we never know how it might impact another person. Um, and of course, within the context of the story. The Ewoks are so moved, you know, the the tribal council rules that they're going to be now part of their tribe and they're going to join in the fight, um, you know, and I feel like that's a there's a comfort in that. There's a comfort knowing that now you've got more people on your side. Right. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I love that scene. And, and and in some ways it's hard to even put into words because it just. I watch yeah. it and I just feel comfortable. Um, similar to the points you were making earlier with the, you know, the end of Return of the Jedi, where they're celebrating around a campfire. Well, this is them telling stories around a campfire. And why do, why do ancient, you know, why do ancient cultures tell stories around campfires to build a stronger sense of community, to be more comfortable together? That's the whole point, and that's what's happening in the scene, and it's awesome. I mean, you know, bedtime stories are told, and you know to make you comfortable enough so that you fall asleep. So, exactly. you know, a, yeah. it's a bedtime story and that's, you know, uh, it's, it's really cool. And, and I'm glad you put this on your list because it, for whatever reason, when I was making my list. This completely slipped my mind. Uh, so that's okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just glad you brought it up. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good one. I really <laughs> like that one. So yeah. I, I do like that one a lot. If I had remembered it, it probably would have been on my list. So, yeah. um, but and- yeah, who wouldn't want to have a slumber party with the e e e e walks? <laughs> Just gonna, uh, man. Anyway, gonna be with all that fur. Yeah, um, it's true. Well, I live with two cats. I'm used to it. So, well, well. Um, anyway, what yeah. is your number three? My number three, um, and this is this is a little bit of a different, uh, different one. Um, we're gonna go to Rogue One here. Ooh. Rogue- and you say what? Yes. Um, and it can be summed up in two words. Welcome home. Uh, 
when Cassian tells Jin. Uh, so good. Uh, and the, that whole scene where where she's just frustrated after you know the seeming futility of her plea to the the rebel council and everything, um, and she's talking about you know getting she's going to do something, but she doesn't know what. And Cassian just walks up with the whole crew and is like, "Yeah, yeah, you you're right, and we're going to do this." Uh, and, and she's just kind of blown away that, you know, she had that kind of impact and that they're there for her. And he just sums everything up with welcome home. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so great because everyone's there. Everyone's smiling and excited, even though they know, uh, we're probably not coming back from this, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, and it's a cause that they all believe in and they're rallying around a person that reminded them that, Hey, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. So it's it's such a it's such a good moment. It's a little moment and something that that might, you know, you might blink and miss it because you're just excited like aha, yes, we're going off to battle or whatever. But no, there there's something a little bit deeper and woven into the subtext of that scene and I I just love that. It's it's a comforting thought to, you know, find people that care enough about you to do that. Yeah. And 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 I love that moment. I really do. So yeah, I mean that's probably still my favorite part of that movie. Um, yeah, I, I sure. just right after that comes the the march or the uh, the, the uh, Rogue One theme. Yeah, which uh, is so good. Bored up. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I I I I love that that's on here. Um, in a weird way, I can't believe I didn't put that on there because there is it is a super comforting moment for Jin. Um, you know, yeah, just being. Because her whole character story is about finding home again, right? It, it was something that was yeah. ripped away from her. She yeah. had this kind of lovely life with, um, you know, Galen and Lyra that's torn away from her. And, you know, and then she finally thinks she finds a new home with Saw Gerrera and his rebels. And that's even taken away from her. Um, mm. So this is a character who just feels totally adrift. And then, boom, finally, she has people that get her. And, you know, she's home now. Um, yeah, I love that moment. Um, I'm sure Jim Caperin slash Jim or so right now is, is, is probably hitting pause on this and watching the movie and then I'll come back, but, um, right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love, I love that you got that in there. Um, so, but my number three also comes from an anthology movie, just a, a different one. Um, and solo, a solo. Star Wars story? It, indeed it does. Um, and uh, it's that moment when Han first steps onto the uh, into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Ah, very good. It's uh, I've every time I watch that movie, I feel so comforted in that moment. Um, the music that's playing, I, I again, I wish we had that music on the actual soundtrack, but that piece of music isn't in the soundtrack. Um, but it's just it's something just soft and beautiful in and of itself. It's just the even the way it's played makes me feel comfortable. And it's literally Han stepping in and what's what lies before him? All the stars, all that stuff he was dreaming about that we heard in that opening crawl that wasn't a crawl. Um, he's seeing that realized. And I've always equated it to uh, the feeling I used to get when I was a kid, when I would climb up the ladder into my cousin's uh, treehouse. You know, like you entered into this new world that was full of wonder and excitement. And you were so and, and that was such a comfortable feeling. It was this place where you could just go to and be alive. And, and I love that. That's what's literally going on for Han as he steps into that space. 
he knows he's finally home. So it, it kind of co- correlates very directly with what you were just talking about in your last point, Jason, which is, exactly. you know, nobody says welcome home. Of course, Lando's not going to say that. This is his ship. Uh, right. under, understandably, this is Lando's home right now. But at the same time, Han walks into their, into that moment and, and just feels that this is where he belongs. Um, yeah. And what I think is also so beautiful is he's so comfortable in this space that he even opens up a little bit about his past. I mean, yes, it's not much, but he talks about his father and you get the impression that his dad probably is someone he doesn't really like. And he obviously ran away from his family because he doesn't even have their name. He doesn't use their name. Right. Um, So, again, like that's part of the importance of finding comfortable spaces and, and a place to call home because these are the spaces where we are comfortable enough to open up about who we are. Yeah. Um, so even in the like simplest and, and briefest of ways, Han is opening Han, who is a obviously very closed person is opening up to a com- pretty much complete stranger who he's super wary of to begin with. And yet there's something about this space where he's so comfortable that he's not afraid to even share a little bit about who he is. And listen to somebody else share a little bit about where they are, you know, you yeah. know, Honda even say like, you know, Lando's like, you see so close, close to your old man. Not really. Um, yeah, me neither. And then Han literally gets into the seat. He's making himself at home. L3 has got a thing to say about that. Understandably. True. Um, but right. Like Han feels so comfortable that he just slips in and it, there's part of it where he's obviously slipping in for himself, but I think he's also easing in to listen to Lando's story, but he just kind of gets cut off. So, right. Um, yeah, I just love yeah. this moment so much. No, it's a good moment. And I, I'm, I was trying to come up with something from solo just to see if I could, you know, fit it into my list. And it, it, I, I just, I need to watch the movie again, um, to, to remind myself of some of these things. But, um, I'm glad you brought this up because, and it, it is really kind of relates to, to my previous one about coming home because Han walks into the cockpit and instantly feels like it's home. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, you can see it written all over his face. Like, this is what he wants. This is what he's been after. Uh, you know, you know, both superficially and on a deeper level. And it, it, it does become his home. You know, you know, eventually, you know, at, by the end of the, the movie, it, it becomes his home. And he basically lives out of the Falcon for most of his life after that. Right. Uh, so it, and it is it's just one of those moments where you walk into a place and you it's you know, everyone's got that moment where you know it's either you know meeting a person or you know going into a job or uh, a home or something like that and you just walk in and go yeah this is it um and it, everyone's had that feeling somewhere and and that's it's a very comforting thing to be like yes yeah. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's such a good moment. I'm glad you picked it. Yeah. I love it. And you know, I mean, from my own life, it's literally it not even long after seeing the movie, I had the experience of, I found a new church and I remember literally just standing outside the church, looking at the building. I'm like, this is a beautiful building. I wonder what it's like on the inside. And then that first time going in, just being like, Oh, finally found a home. <laughs> and it's just like this beautiful feeling and, and, and I love it. Um, yeah. and you know, what's so great too, about that moment when, when Han gets in there and it's, and feels that way, eventually the Falcon is, it's going to open his life to so much wonder and, and what great adventures. And he eventually, because of the Falcon is going to meet the E, 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 Ewoks. 
<laughs> Sorry, you were drinking. I was wondering where you were going, and I should not have been surprised. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Carl almost made me spit my water. Um, Sorry. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what is your uh, number two? Moving on. Um, this is this is where Shmi comes into my list. Um, it's it's her final scene in Phantom Menace. Mm. She's saying goodbye to Anakin and he, you know, walks off and then runs back to her and she encourages him and talks him through everything and then says goodbye and sends him back on his way. And it's, it's comforting in a weird, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a scene where, you know, Carl and I have always talked about how we get very emotional with that scene. It's it's one of the very few scenes in The Phantom Menace that I legitimately can cry at um, if, if it hits me in the right way. Um, but it's such a comforting thing because, you know, she knows this is what he needs to do. And she encourages him and walks him through this and builds him up to the point where she's like, now go. And he is strong enough and and brave enough to go ahead and go. And she just takes that little moment to sit down and and work through that with him in a way that is so comforting and encouraging that, you know, it, it just completely highlights why the perfect parent in star Wars is Shmi, you know, no one else comes close to her <laughs> in all of star Wars. So, um, so and, and it's just such a, uh, you know, it kind of that moment sometimes to me gets a little overshadowed, you know, even to me because of everything else going on and how my heart breaks for Shmi, uh, is seeing her standing there by herself. But it, everything, you know, this is a, a path, this is destiny, this is the will of the force, whatever spin you want to put on it. Um, and and Shmi knows that, and she's strong enough to comfort Anakin and encourage him to the point where he is willing to make that choice and take that step on his own. And that's such a, a wonderful thing yeah. um, that I wanted to, to include that here on my list. So, well, all I can say is this. I can't do it. Mom. I just can't do it. Honey. Will I ever see you again. What does it hurt to tell you? I hope so. Yes. I guess. Then we will see each other again. I will come back and free you, Mom. I promise. Be brave and don't look back. Don't look back. Damn you, car. <laughs> <laughs> felt like that was we just needed it we just needed yeah, we it did. we needed we that did. um we did. Uh, yeah i mean i i don't have much to add to 
what you said, it's weirdly not on my list because you're right. This is an incredibly comforting moment um, specifically for Anakin, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the prime example of what it means to be a good parent um, to just let your child go grow beyond you and, and encourage them in that and encourage them to, to fully enter it. It's just beautiful. Um, it really yeah, is. I love that you, I love that you put that on there. Cause how could you not? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a great moment, you know? Yeah, um, it is. So it's, it is definitely one of the highlight moments in all the prequels, yeah. um, in all of star Wars. So it's, it's definitely a moment that people need to make sure they take a good look at in my opinion. What about you? What's your number two? My number two comes from Revenge of the Sith, which is probably like, what? Revenge of the Sith? Comforting? Can you guess which scene from Revenge of the Sith, Jason? Um, is it the balcony scene? You're damn right it is. <laughs> I don't care. I, I somehow managed to find a top five list to work this into all the time. I love this scene so, so much. Um, and again, like I, I know I've talked about this particular scene a lot and I don't want to belabor it anymore, but, uh, but looking at it from this lens of, of something that provides comfort, um, again, the, the standout of the scene is that it's, it's this moment of peace before everything falls apart. Um, you know, in a weird way, I relate to it a lot just based on what happened before the whole, you know, social distancing started. I was literally in Phoenix leading a group of students on this amazing service trip. Um, yeah. It was like such a high of my year already. Like it was it was by, without doubt the, the the best part of not only my job this year, but probably my life this year. I mean, the, I just loved working with these students so much. It was such an uplifting experience not knowing that everything was about to get wild, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And it's like, you know, but in this scene, there's just, there's such a, a comfort that these two can just be together, right? We get the sense that Anakin and Padme have been apart for a while at this point. Um, I mean, apart long enough that Anakin had no idea she was pregnant, you know? So you're you, I, I don't know enough about pregnancy to know when you really start showing, but, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been several months since they've yeah. seen one another. And, you know, I think just in that moment, like I know the lines are cheesy, but I, I love cheesy love lines. Cause that's all I know how to deliver. Maybe that's why I'm <laughs> single. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, in that moment, they're just so comfortable with one another that they do kind of just resort to this like innocent love, you know, and it just pours out of them in these really cheesy words. Um, but you just know that they really care about each other so much and, and that they find tremendous comfort being in each other's place. Um, and, and I think more so even about Padme, I think in a lot of ways, this, this scene reflects more strongly on Padme than Anakin, maybe just because she says, says more. Um, but for Padme, you know, think of, think of Padme. She's a Senator at this point who's, you know, been doing all this hard work in the Senate to like try to bring this war to an end and, and let, you know, peace resume. She's barely even thought about herself and this family that is soon to be upon him. But in this moment, she's so comfortable and with her beloved that she's able to just, like I've always said, dream out loud, you know, make these plans for their future. And I guess in, in somewhat in a similar way, even though Anakin doesn't say that much, 
Anakin's been at the front lines of a war for the past several months, and he just gets to rest there and look look upon the person he loves and just be comfortable in her presence. And I think that's just so wonderful to me. And um, honestly, every time I, this scene comes on, there is just like this unspoken feeling that comes over me. And I just feel completely at home in Star Wars. It's just one of those it's one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars because for whatever reason, a lot of it has to honestly do with the music. I love the music in this scene so much. Um, but as soon as, you know, we get that sweeping shot of downtown Coruscant, which to <laughs> me is beautiful because I love, I love city lights. And then we're there with just these two pinnacle Star Wars characters. And I just feel at home like, yes, I'm in a Star Wars story. Like I, I, and kind of the point you made earlier, Jason, um, about like, you know, that moment um, in A New Hope where they're having, you know, a meal together at the Lars homestead. Yeah. It feels so real. It feels so normal. This is that scene, right? Revenge of the Sith especially is this huge, tragic, epic story. This yeah. is that moment of humanness. Um, and it's what always anchors me in that story. And in a weird way, it's my anchor point for all of the prequels, that this is ultimately what it was about. It was about love. Um, so that's why I love that scene. <laughs> um, I, I I am forever impressed at the amount of ways you can get that scene. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I but, work- no, but it works. It works. It works here. And and honestly, um, I'm, Sorry. you know, it, it kind of works even more with. Uh, the previous scene between the two of them where she tells Anakin that she's pregnant, you know, uh, at the, the Senate building. Yeah. And, you know, he's so ecstatic. And between that scene and this scene, you know, Anakin's almost to the point where he's like, okay, l- let's stop with the secrets, you know. Right. Because it, that's that's definitely the thing that's really, you know, hampering this relationship is the, the fact that it's all secret. Yeah. And you almost get the idea between the two scenes that – if this conflict ended, the two of them would have just gone off to Naboo and she would have quit being a senator. He would have left the Jedi Order and they would have started a family right out in the open for everyone to see. You know, you kind of get that feeling like this. This is kind of the the beginning of a moment, uh, you know, a, a peek into life down the road that could happen. So uh, happiness and joy for these two characters. And and that's a really comforting little thought because, you know, even though we know that can't happen because of what, you know, everything else that goes on. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where you almost get the idea that, you know, they were going to, you know, upset the apple cart and just say, yeah, we're married. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And, uh, you know, hold on a second. Don't don't pretend like we're just going to move past the fact that you just said upset the apple cart. OK, <laughs> what, what does that even mean? I love it. <laughs> that's, I don't That's a saying that my both my parents and my grandparents have okay. used. It's uh, upset the apple cart. You know, you, I get what it means. I just love that you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, 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 what can I do? I'm. Uh, I am a receptacle for old sayings, um, and and they sometimes come out so <laughs> on the podcast. But yes, uh, there um, you go. Yeah, yeah. So this is the music that's playing in the background. I just wanted to cue it up quick. But right, it's so. Ugh, I already feel at home. So good. Um, what's that? It might be a viola. 
Uh, sure. Oh. Yeah, and then... It's definitely my favorite rendition of their, of, of Across the Stars, too. It's just so so beautifully embedded in that moment, so... I just wanted to play so it good. for a moment. It's so good. Yeah. So uh, I think we are, I think we're down to our number ones. We are. Um, I'm very curious what yours is. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I got a bit deep and emotional with my number two. Uh, my number one is just something that brings me great joy. Um, and it's chewy hugs. Just mm. any of them. All of them. <laughs> Uh, any hug that Chewie gives is makes me so happy. And, uh, you know, some of this has a little bit to do with the fact that I got to hug Chewie at Disneyland and there really is nothing better than a Chewbacca hug. There really (laughs) isn't. I'm dead serious. Um, so, you know, whether he's hugging Luke on Hoth or Leia after they escape the TIE fighters or, you know, picking up Rose and swinging her around, uh, you know, it's, Anytime Chewie's going to give you a hug is a is a good comforting moment, um, and and I just love I love Wookiee hugs, uh, especially Chewbacca hugs because that is the he is possibly the purest character in all of Star Wars other than Jar Jar Binks, um, <laughs> and and a hug from Chewbacca is heaven. So uh, and there's nothing more comforting than that. There really isn't, and I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it. I never realized. I, I'm I'm honestly shocked. I never would have expected something like that. But then again, that's what I always have loved about you because I never know what the hell to expect, and I like that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Expected, unexpected. That is that is uh, what you can. That's what you can expect from me. Apparently although so. <laughs> yes. Although there are certain topics where you know exactly what to expect from me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what about you? What's your, your number one? My number one is also kind of s- simple and straightforward like yours. Uh, it's the moment with Yoda carrying Luke's little lantern into the swamp and inviting <gasps> him to follow. Um, I, I, I find so on brand Carl. I love it. I love it so much. It's <laughs> yeah. perfect. It's, it's great though. Yeah. You know, it's it's perfect. I mean, it's literally this is a character who's carrying the light into the darkness. And Luke knows that for whatever reason, following this creature, following this character um, is the right way to go. It's it's the it's the way to go f- forward, knowing that all will be well. Um, and even in the midst of this kind of weird, unknown, swampy, beautiful planet. um no, <laughs> uh, Luke knows he's on the right path by following Yoda. Um, and again, this it, it's what's going on too. like, again, Star Wars music tells the story. Uh, the music is, you know, this is the first time we get to hear Yoda's theme. It's that's where the first few chords of it are played is, is he's inviting Luke to follow him. And his theme is something comfortable, comforting and, and, and light and, and fun. So the music and the light is going this way. We should probably follow. Um, and again, I, I, I kind of wanted to like close with this too, because I think it's, it's a nice reminder that um, even in kind of this weird, unknown, dark space our world's kind of in right now with this weird pandemic, 
that there is light in this and and we need to find that light and follow that light because the darkness is going to end um yeah so it, you know just find find where your light is and, and follow that in the meantime um because it's not going to steer you wrong and that's exactly what luke does right like he's super skeptical of this goofy little green creature yeah. and yet knows that for whatever reason this is who he's supposed to follow right now um yeah and again it's 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 straight symbolism. It hits you over the head that it's like, Oh, here's the light, follow it. And it's going, it's going into the darkness, but it's going to dispel that darkness. Um, so I love that moment so much. Yeah. And I wish it was longer, but it's not, I mean, it's like four seconds, <laughs> but it's yeah. the best four seconds of star Wars to me. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my okay. number one. So I love that our number ones are just kind of those simple ones. Cause in a lot of ways, those are the, a lot of times I find it harder to explain my number one than like an honorable mention. Oh yeah. It just, yeah. it's just what feels comfortable. I watch that scene and it comforts me. Boom. Done. Like it's just how yeah. I feel. So this is, this is it. This is what's right in this for this top five. You know, this is, this is my number one and you know, blank topic. There's no, nothing else I can say. This is just it. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, but that's, it really is kind of sometimes harder to, to explain and, and talk at length about, about our number ones because it's just i don't know it just is you know and sometimes that's what it is with these things and and sometimes you can have you know so many things to say and extrapolate from from all this stuff and sometimes just like it just is yeah and that's totally fine too right yeah so So there you have it there are top seven (laughs) um comforting moments yes comforting moments in star wars um and uh yeah i loved talking about this i loved putting this list together and i I always i always love doing top fives be for one of them well mainly because i do love putting the list together but also i love hearing yours because they're always so different from mine so yeah um so i always appreciate that part yeah no and putting these together gives us a an opportunity to talk about a wide variety of things. And uh, this one was really nice because it's it's something completely pretty completely unrelated to anything else we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, and and so this was this was new ground to tread. You know, after you know over eight and a half years of doing a podcast, we finally found some new ground to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was new stuff from both of us in this that I really enjoyed. So yeah, this is this is a fun list. Yeah. I really like this one. Yeah. So. Great. So, well, that being said, that's yes. our list, but we wanted to ask you. So we are, now that the, the This Is Madness tournament has, has wrapped up, we're going to go back to the, you know, every every other episode, either doing a matchup or a poll. So since we just had a month long of matchups, we'd like to do a poll where we want to know what you find to be the most comforting scene in Star Wars. So that's what we're asking you to do. Be sure to, you know, let us know what you find to be the most comforting scene and feel free to share a few. Like even if you put in like feel free to put your top five, we'll just count your number one for the for the poll. But feel free to share some of your favorites, you know, um, maybe it's every time you sit down and watch the beginning of the E, 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 walks, you know, who knows, you know, you do you. <laughs> so. Oh, and <laughs> this is not sin. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Uh, but yes, we, we do want to know uh, where, you know, what your most comforting scene in star Wars is, um, you know, keep, keep this conversation going and, and uh, share it around because uh, everybody needs a little bit of light 
right now, a little bit of hope, a little bit of comfort, and we just want to do our best to provide a little bit to you guys. So share this around. Um, and Carl, if people want to weigh in on our poll or you know, anything else in Star Wars, where can they do that with us? Uh, well, of course, we are on Twitter at Wampas Lair. You can also find us on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always send us an email at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Anything else you got before we close down this episode, sir? I am all set to follow Yoda into my beloved Dagobah Swamp. I love Yoda. I love the story behind Dagobah, but I cannot stand the planet. It's just gross. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. That being said, thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 376 by the Lake on Naboo. That's comfortable, even though we didn't have it in any of our lists. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I'm taking it. And we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.